Welcome everyone to the Shepherd Talk podcast with Pastor Ray Jones from Ridgecrest Baptist Church. This conversation is centered on reaching, building, and connecting you to the mission God has in store for your life. We hope these practical conversations help to encourage and equip you to follow Jesus in a greater way. Pastor, how are you today? Doing great, Chase. How are you? I'm good as well. Pastor, in our uh, Shepherd Talk podcast today, we were going to talk about uh, the sermon series that we're in right now, The Last Days. Right. And you say you don't know when the end of that is, correct? That's right. <laughs> no special revelation. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine trying to bring all that you feel like. There's, I mean, there's so much uh, in yeah, that. Is. And so uh, trying to decide, okay, what now and when and where and all that kind of stuff yeah. can yeah. be imagined. But one of the things that you've talked about, Pastor, in this is really uh, the feeling that there could be a next revival for the church yeah. and uh, um, whether that's how that might look obviously we don't know but uh, the reality that that could be the case and obviously believing that that's the hope for us yeah. uh, as a nation and the, yeah. the church today and so um, let's just let's talk off first off like your feelings on that why you feel as if that could be the case well I uh... I say that, and I say it in the context of this series that I'm, I'm preaching on the last days, as you've indicated. Right. Uh, and again, I I don't know when that is, but I do know this: the seasons and the signs tell us uh, that the uh, that we're living in the last age, and that could be a hundred years, you know, but right. that we're living in the last age, and um, because of moral conditions in our own country that reflect exactly what Jesus said would be characteristic of the last days. Um, and um, there are a lot of folks, when they study these things, it creates a great despair. I, I, it, it isn't for me. I, I guess I reserve the right to change my mind. I, I don't live in despair. I don't live in anxiety over the things that we see and even what's coming according to the Bible. Um, and I still have hope, and my hope is I know how the story turns out, number right. one, but number two, that there may yet be a spiritual revival. And um, the, the revival, we always talk about praying for revival, but the reality is revival uh, is a byproduct of something. We, we treat revival sometimes like revival is a thing, but it is really a byproduct. It is a byproduct of repentance. Yeah, that's good. And we have to start there first. And when people repent and when the church uh, repents, and by the way, I believe it starts with the believers. And if you'll study the history of revivals, I've read a great deal about the, the awakening periods and periodic revivals over the, the centuries. You'll see that it generally will start with uh, broken believers repenting of sin. And then it spreads outward from uh, from that to the church and from the church to community and community beyond those kinds of uh, uh, boundaries. Right. Um, but my hope is, and I can't say that I know this, just like I don't know the date of the return of Christ and would never hazard to make a statement of, of such, I, I, don't, I can't say with uh, certainty that there will be a, a great revival before the return of Christ. But there are a number of prophecy teachers, and I'm one of those who believe that there will be one more uh, final uh, thrust or, or movement of God, I'm hopeful in, in our land in particular. Right. Uh, now, 
having said that, you ask the question, what's it going to look like? or what's, I, I'm not sure what it's going to look like, but I have to be honest and say I fear that it, in America, at least, it's going to take something catastrophic uh, to bring us to our knees if right. we're going to experience that. Because, uh, And I preached a message in this series on the rise and fall of nations. Right, right. And uh, I've got another one down the road on where is American Bible prophecy. And we can't find America in Bible prophecy. We really can't find America there, which is of some concern. Right. Uh, as powerful a nation as America is, why would America not appear in Bible prophecy? Well, I'll talk about that in that message right. uh, as, as to that. But it is my, my hope and my prayer, along with many others, that we will see a move of God. And that may be the result of something catastrophic that brings Americans to their knees and right. causes them to turn in in really some kind of desperation back to to God um, from where we started. And right. and so uh, I think it could come in some form or fashion like that. Yeah. Pastor, when you, you mentioned repentance and really that beginning personally for the believer, um, talk more to that just for a minute, just for us as our, for, for myself, for our listeners today to really process what does a lifestyle of repentance look like? Yeah. Well, and I like the way you phrase that. You said a lifestyle of repentance because repentance isn't an event. It may, it may be an event, but it is not a, a one and done kind of thing. Right. Uh, but repentance is a very deeply personal thing. Uh, between us and um, God. It is when we come to terms with, no matter how good I, I may think I am, I'm not as good as I think I am. Hmm. And I'm certainly, not, um, I'm, I'm certainly not a representative of the holiness of God as I could be. And when a person recognizes um, where they are, uh, that's a first step, generally, in uh, being able to repent and to be honest. You know, part of the thing that hinders our own repentance personally is there's just something about us that tends to cause us to compare ourselves with pe other people. And so inside, if we're not careful, we say, well, I don't do this and I don't do that. Right. And I'm not like, I know some people that are, Christians or confess to be Christians and they live like this and they do this and I don't do any of those things. Therefore, I'm in pretty good you know, position with God. And we make that assumption based on comparisons with others and it's just not a wise thing to do. Paul even said, they that compare themselves among each other are just not wise. And I think that's, that's getting to the point of, of repentance means that I get honest with God Number two, it means I really listen to him. That's good. And and it doesn't mean I try to rip myself apart, but it means I listen to him. And if God says, here's something you need to deal with, then you deal with it. Repentance doesn't always mean that there, there's this gigantic revival that occurs in my life. Repentance is a part of the Christian walk and lifestyle, and so it keeps me in tune with God. That's good. But generally for a revival, we're talking about a kind of repentance that is met with brokenness. Right. Where a person who has been cold to God or people that have been cold to God or distant from God or have gone through religious motions, you know, 
or have uh, uh, wandered away, which they suddenly come to terms with their distance from God. Right. And that's a huge thing. That that and if a person comes to terms with that, and I believe it's the work of the Holy Spirit. Right. But it may be triggered by something. Right. Okay. Right. In the case of America, what would it take to trigger that? Wow, we're really away from God. Right. We were self-sufficient, and the more prosperous and more self-sufficient people get, I hate to say it, it's not. And I'm saying this generically, but they tend to get further away from God. Right. Because God becomes just God. I'm a follower, but my life is pretty good. And so they don't realize the growing distance sometimes in life. So I think that's how it kind of begins in a person's life. Um, But we can also short circuit it, Jace, and we can short circuit it by not responding when that begins to happen in our lives or hearts as well. Pastor, I was reading, um, and you've mentioned, um, this uh, well-known uh, pastor before, Ron Dunn, I was reading a message sermon from him earlier today, and he said this, the strength and stamina you have uh, in the all areas of life will be determined by the quality and nourishment you're receiving from the Lord. And then he went on to say, when we reach the point of being convinced that only God can get it all together, then we're ready to move. You know, it makes me just think about mm-hmm. that point of repentance of being at a desperation point of nothing more of me, it's all of him and only when he has it all when he gets to that point where we're convinced that he has it all together then we're ready Mm -hmm. um, to move forward Mm -hmm. from that and so yeah um, good line pastors we we think a little bit more about revival just share a couple other in your readings of the the great awakenings and different revival periods and, and and settings in church history what were you talked about repentance but what are some other characteristics that uh seem to be common in themes that in, in different contexts well, it is the fruit that results from repentance. Right. Okay. Uh, for example, one of the great awakenings in this country began with a businessman named Jeremiah Lamphere, and he began to, to pray with some other businessmen in New York City um, at lunchtime. And when he first started, there were only um, him and one or two other guys, and, and they prayed like this for a long time. Nobody would join them. And um, But as they continued to be faithful in prayer and praying for a revival in the nation and in their city and in their lives, um, God began to hear their prayers and more people began to join them. More people began praying the same stuff and gathering uh, consistently for this and and revival began to happen because people began to get right with God in the prayer setting, in those prayer settings. And I tell you that to say, so what was the fruit of that? Well, there were some interesting things that occurred. Crime dropped. Right. I mean, across the nation, but in particular uh, there in New York City. Uh, a lot of people m- uh, don't know about something that was birthed during that time, and it was uh, what they called police quartets. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even in our city, uh, up until a few years ago, we had a police quartet made up of policemen. They sang. They were believers. Well, that really came out of these early awakenings. And the reason it happened is because... God was moving in these cities and in these states and beyond into our nation, and crime dropped so low the police didn't have anything to do. Hmm. And so they and they were experiencing revival themselves. So they began to form these quartets. Got to sing, you know, to sing. Hey, we right. don't we don't have any crime to pursue. So <laughs> they started doing quartets and singing the gospel and that. So my point is. 
the fruit of righteousness is right. a result of repentance. Right. And uh, I tell you what goes away, pretense. Yeah. You know, our world's big on pretense, who you are, who you know, where you've been, what you've done, what people think about you. And one of the fruits of repentance is you stop caring about those things. Right. What you start caring about is who am I to God? That's good. And and how can I please God? So that's when you start seeing the, the results of repentance. You start seeing people, they're hungry for God's word. I don't mean just give me a good sermon. They're hungry for God's word. That's they, good. They want, right. they want all of it they can get. They desire to spend time with God in prayer. Right. I mean, you see that. They want to be in church. They want to be worshiping. That's good. Not going through religious motions. They are so thrilled to be connected freshly with God. They want to be around God's people. They want to be worshiping God. There's joy. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful, there's a joy inside of them, but that joy becomes obvious to people around them. Something's right. happened. God has done something. Right. So those become the fruits. And by the way, those fruits are the fruits of relationship. They're not the fruit of circumstance. That's true. And here's what I mean by that. So the world can be collapsing around you, but when you've experienced repentance and that renewed connection to God, even though circumstances are difficult and, and, and bad, the joy of the Lord becomes your strength. Right. And there's still a joy kind of unspeakable the Bible talks about. And there's that hunger for for righteousness and and there's the the disregard for pretense and who I am and right. what how people think of me. So I think that's what that's when you when a person repents, genuine repentance, you begin to see those kinds of things. People are less less self-focused, right. less self-centered. Right. They're less concerned about having things done their way or getting their way, right. and they become consumed with, God, what does God want? What does God think? And so that those are kinds of fruits, to answer yeah. your question, that yeah. you see as a result of repentance, which produces revival, and that revival is demonstrated in those fruits. Right. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. Yeah, Pastor, I was you know, trying to practically think through for a person listening and for all of us to, to understand what is it that, you know, what does this look like? I mean, we're walking in this repentance, but, you know, what are the characteristics to come out in fruit? Like, as you yeah. said, as fruit in our own lives to experience this, because our prayer, obviously, for, for all of us is to experience this. And so uh, let me ask one more question as we wrap up today. Is there a difference in, in your, uh, from your understanding and study from revival within a church and awakening within a land? Uh, you ask good questions, Jace. Uh, is there a difference between revival in a church and awakening in a land? I think there can be. Okay. Um, you know, the Bible says that judgment begins with a house of God. Uh, God always tends to get his people straight before his people can help others get straight. Right. You know, so I, I think uh, one is, is uh, if you'll let me use this term again, a byproduct of the other. Right. Uh, now, I'm not saying that there can't be a national awakening before there is a church awakening. Right. But I, here's how I would say, if that happens, it has happened because there's most likely been a move of God 
in genuine believers, which is the church of God. Right. What you may have are some dead churches that the revival skips over. Right. You know, it just kind of jumps over. Right. The Spirit of God is not going to work where He is not wanted. Hmm. And But having said that, I will also say that a believer who has been revived is like a hot coal. Right. And, you know, if you blow on a coal, you can put it in a bunch of weeds right. that are dry and dead. But if you blow on that coal, it'll light fire to all those dead weeds, too. And so they become hot. So um, so it's not really either or. I think it's both and. Both and. You know, but I do believe, and I think historically it could be said, that when you see a move on a national basis, it probably and most likely had some footing somewhere with believers. I think about the Haystack uh, revival that began up in Vermont, right. where, not far from where you've been there, right, where, yeah. and you've been there too, Broxton, where we've done mission work. One of the greatest revivals in America began there, and right. it, it birthed the modern mission movement. Right. And But it was a group of Christian students who met in a hay barn because of a thunderstorm and began praying for God to move. Right. And so, so I say that to say, I think you can go back historically and find movements, the Welsh revival. You can find movements of, of the people of God and sometimes a small nucleus where the fire and the coal of, of the Holy Spirit began to move and subsequently... Uh, one coal caused a cold one to become hot, and so on and so on. And then, you know, a lot of coals suddenly become a blazing fire. Right, right. And at that point, think about it this way. A blazing fire begins to consume everything in its path. Yeah, exactly. You know? exactly. So, um, and, and by the way, so that's my, my, my hope, too, is uh, I fear that something traumatic is going to have to happen in this country to move us uh, to light that fire, uh, to trigger a fire that will get us on our knees before God, crying out to God for mercy and turning our hearts back toward Him. But but I think that very thing could then become the catalyst that lights the flame right. that that begins to move with, with great pace uh, across the land. And that would change everything and might just be the thing that, for some sustained period of time, uh, uh, prevents uh, that kind of wrath of God from falling. And it may be the, even uh, the revival that happens before those days of tribulation that the Bible talks about. So, right. so yes, I believe that it can happen. I believe, unfortunately, that God's going to have to do something to trigger it. Right. Um, but there are people praying. We pray here for repentance. I changed years ago what we pray for uh, on Wednesday nights congregationally from revival to repentance. Yeah. Because I know if there's repentance, there will be revival. Right. So and so um, my hope is that, that the Spirit of God would just drop down on, on us and we would uh, get it and it would happen. But it may take something to break us, if, if that makes sense, yeah, but then become the, the match that lights the coals, right. that causes the flame, right. and spreads the revival. Right, exactly right, Pastor. We encourage you listening today to 
to pray uh, with this, uh, uh, with us for this uh, revival and awakening in our land, and uh, just uh, for your own personal life, seek the Lord in repentance to experience it uh, personally. And Pastor, so as we wrap up today, as we live in these last days, um, uh, just just close our time together. Any last thoughts, and then share with us another free resource. Well, I just echo what you've said. Uh, we invite uh, uh, people everywhere uh, that are followers of Christ uh, to pray, God. Uh, bring repentance to our nation, but but back it up even further. Lord, show me how That's to good. repent That's personally, good. and uh, Father, light the coal of my life, and let me be contagious as a fire for uh, for you and for your great name. Start there. Uh, we, that's where I, I genuinely believe revival starts. It will start with me right. and you and the next person and the next person. Ask God. Look, I. Let me just say one other thing. You can have a personal revival if nobody else has a revival. And that's if you get what we're talking about and uh, you let God set your heart on fire. And you may say, it's been so long. Well, why don't you pray this? Say, Lord Jesus, give me a desire to desire you again. Hmm. If you say, I, I just I want it. I know I should. Start praying that. Give me a desire to desire you. It's a great place to start. Um, I have a resource to offer to our listeners uh, today. And uh, all you have to do is uh, write to us, email us at uh, shepherdtalk at uh, rbcdothan.org, rbcdothan.org, shepherdtalk at rbcdothan.org. And just ask for the free resource, Valuable Little Things. And let me just tell you quickly what that is. It is some lessons that Jesus teaches us about what parents can do for their children. Uh, valuable little things. They're so valuable, these children are. And uh, God says, they're of such is the kingdom of God. They teach us, but there are some things that we see in Jesus' communication uh, out of Matthew 19 that can be lessons for parents, what they can do for their children. So it's called Valuable Little Things. And all you have to do is email us again at uh, shepherdtalk at rbcdothan.org. I hope you do that and just request the free resource, um, Valuable Little Things. Yeah, that's great, Pastor. Again, thank you for this conversation today. And we're so thankful for those that are listening. We'd love for, as we close out the podcast, for you to always know you can reach out to us at that email address, as we mentioned earlier, just some different things God's teaching you or questions you may have. And then also love for you to share this podcast so that others can experience what the Lord's doing through it in your life. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Shepherd Talk podcast. We hope God will continue to use you to reach the lost, build up other believers, and connect your life to the mission and purpose God has for you. We look forward to more talks in the days ahead with Pastor Ray.